Lord, you will be with us. You will strengthen us. But it's, it's going to feel hard at times. It's going to feel painful at times. But the power of God is going to come in a way that we cannot even imagine if we stay faithful. If we stay faithful and we keep, we keep that verse in our mind, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Yes, Lord. Lord, we believe in your love. We believe in you. Bless this morning with your presence and your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody Amen. said, Amen. Amen. Luke 21, 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up. Let's stand up. Lift up your heads. <laughs> because your redemption is drawing near. And verse 36. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Amen. Amen? Those were the words of Jesus in Luke 21, right before, you could be seated, you could be seated, right before Judas betrayed Jesus. And I felt like this morning as I was reading this, that the Lord wants us to think about Judas this morning. And he wants us to think about uh, our own hearts, our own minds, our own spirits. Judas, it says Judas agreed to betray Jesus. And I know I've talked about this before, and I, I just believe that Judas believed that if he betrayed Jesus, that Jesus was the Son of God, and that it wouldn't really affect him, because he was going to rule, he was going to conquer, he was going to reign. And I think Judas felt like, I could get away with this. I could do this. I really love Jesus, and I know he'll be okay, right? How many times do we feel like that in our own walk, in our own Christian walk? Like we're like, you know, have you ever heard the, the saying, once saved, always saved, right? Once saved, always saved. Well, that's the kind of thing that Judas felt, I think. I would say, because he was, in, he was in the ministry of Jesus. He loved Jesus. We love Jesus. But there's times when we actually betray him, when we say, well, he'll still love me. And he still does, doesn't he? He still loved Judas. He knew that, and it says that when Judas betrayed Jesus, that Satan entered into him, right? So Jesus still loved Judas. 
He knew that it was going to happen because he is omniscient, omnipotent. He knew. He knew the prophecies. This was prophesied that it would happen. And I think what the Lord is saying to us today is let's, let's not judge Judas. Let's not judge his salvation. That's between him and the Lord. What happened between their hearts, between their hearts. Because the Lord knows our heart. And I always used to say that when I was a teenager. And I would, <laughs> I would always start reading the Bible. <laughs> and I would always start with Psalms. And I can't tell you how many times I read Psalm 1. <laughs> like that's the chapter I read the most because every time I would start, I would read that. And what I loved about the Psalms is that David said that God knew his heart. God knew his heart. And, and I always took hope in that. Like even though in my weakness even though there were times that I sinned and I was like, I wanted to be popular or I wanted to be liked or I wanted to be accepted. And so I would do things at times to do that, to get accepted. So I didn't look like I didn't fit in, but I really still looked like I didn't fit in. <laughs> but, you know, God, God knows our heart. And he knows our heart is like, God, you know I want to live for you. You know I want to serve you. You know I want to put you first. And you know what he says? I know. I know that you do. Even when you fail, even when you flub it up, even when you uh, outright disobey, he knows. He knows your heart is, is repenting. He knows as Christians that when we fail, that there is a part of us in our spirit, man, right, where God dwells, and he will always back us up. He'll always give us that hope of salvation. So this morning, I, I don't, you know, when I look at the word, I don't think any of it is like coincidence. Or, or coincidentally laid out for us. God wanted us to see how important it was at that time that Judas, in the same time Judas betrayed Jesus, he gathered with his disciples who he loved, and they loved him as best that they could. And, and just so you know, we can love Jesus, and we can say we love the Lord, but it's his Holy Spirit in us that will actually fill us with his love to be, even be able to love him. So don't beat yourself up. If there's times where you're not feeling a lot of love for the Lord, just pray to the Holy Spirit and say, fill me up. Fill me up. Lift your hands up. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up with your love. And then we know what he said, what he, what he led his disciples in that day. And we honor it, we respect it, we believe in it as a congregation. 
the miracle of the Holy Communion. And where he said uh, in Luke 22, verse 17, he said, after taking the cup, he gave thanks. And he said, take this and divide it among you. And that really stood out to me this morning, too. He didn't say, each of you take, we have our individual cups, right? They're all prepackaged and they have little plastic tops and nice and neat, right? So we don't give each other COVID or anything else. But then he had one cup. He had one cup. And he said, here, divide it among you. Okay, so what does that make you think of? What does it make you think of that he said, here, take this one cup and divide it among you? Sharing? Anything else? <laughs> what, Stella? Tell me. <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> And I think it is. It, it is like the Lord is telling us there. This isn't. This is for you to do together as a body. This is for you to come together. This is for you to come together and remember me. This is you for you to come together as the body of Christ, which we are this morning. The body of Christ. Each of us has our particular role, our particular part. He has a plan for each of us individually. But he wants us to come together and partake of him. And he said, divide it up among you. So to me, it's a message of the unity of the body of Christ. And that we have to, we need all these, all these mysteries revealed in the word of God that give us the, the map to the treasure, which is salvation, which is eternity with him, right? Which is him here, right now, as we take the bread, as we take the bread in our hand, and we lift it up before the Lord, and we break it like they did then. And we break it. And it represents his body broken for us. And we come to that place this morning, Lord, of remembering your body broken for us, for our healing, for our restoration. And we say thank you and praise you, Jesus, for your body. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. And as we partake, Father, we ask you to examine our heart. Open up our spirit, man, to see, to discern. Lord, that we wouldn't be like Judas. That we wouldn't agree to betray you. That we would ask your forgiveness and your cleansing for any time that we may have turned our back on you or your way that we looked away from you and said, well, just a little bit, and I'll be back, Lord. But Lord, keep us close. Keep us close.
bring us together by the body and by the blood. And so they took the cup. He took the cup and he said, take this and divide it among you. And he said, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just thank you for your blood. As we sang about it this morning, the blood of Jesus it has everything we need. Our, re our redemption. Lord, you said, look up because your redemption draws near. You said that right before you partook with your disciples and right before you shed your blood for our redemption jesus said our redemption is drawing near and so father we just take this cup this morning we lift it before you we say praise you jesus praise you for the blood praise you for the life that is in the blood the victory that's in the blood and Lord, we just pray that as we partake, Father, that in the spirit, you would just pour your blood over us from head to toe, cleansing us from all unrighteousness as we look to you. We can't look to ourselves; We must look to your righteousness. And we praise you and we thank you. Let us partake together. Jesus said, this, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless this morning as we come before you and your word. We pray that you would bless Chris, that you would give him a word in season, that you would move on him by your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and our spirit today what you would have for us, Lord, what, what meal that you have for us to partake of, Father, from your word. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You know, there is miracle working power in giving. And I know there's some testimonies out there about giving and about tithes. And I'm going to tell you, it's the one thing that we can test God in. Hold on. <laughs> it's the one thing that God says that we can test him in his giving because... Because he'll always outgive us. And every time we give, God provides. It's just amazing what God does. And one of these days, we're going to testify about what God is doing. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this place. Lord God, we thank you for your supernatural provision, which the world doesn't understand. And which the world will never understand. But, God, you understand and you make your people understand. And we know, Lord God, 
that, Lord, that you are for us and you're not against us. And we stand on that. And we believe, the Lord, that you're going to prosper us. And that's your will for us to prosper and to be in good health. And we claim all of that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Colossians. Chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. I need my glasses. Got things falling all over the place up here. Got to get in order. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. And the title of my sermon is Being Rooted in Christ. Being rooted in Christ. Amen. Are you rooted in Christ? I'm picking my stuff up here. All right. <clears throat> so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Rooted and built up in him, strengthening in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's say that together. And overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted. Say it. Rooted. Rooted. And built up in him. Amen. Rooted and built up in him. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive thoughts or philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. This morning I know God brought me to this scripture to remind me to stay in Him, being rooted in Him, not depending on man or man's wisdom or myself and my own strength and abilities. But as a lesson to myself to remain in him. I believe that it is so important in today's day and age that we remain in Christ Jesus. Amen? I've learned that when I get outside of God that things start to get overwhelming. And they seem impossible. And they seem very heavy and burdensome. Right? When I start to get outside of God, I start looking around and I start seeing problems and troubles 
And it's like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? What? Right? Your mind starts going to these things. It's kind of like when Peter got out of the boat and he started looking at the waves instead of looking at Jesus. When he was walking on the water. The same type of thing. You start getting overwhelmed. You start thinking things are out of control. And when you start thinking things are out of control, you're like a scared dog. When he gets in a corner and there's nowhere to go but fight, bark, and fight, and bite. Right? No place to flight. Just got to fight. We have to stay focused. We have to stay steadfast. Amen? We have to remain in Christ Jesus. Because when we stay focused and steadfast, God always, I want you to say that with me, God always provides a way out. Amen? Let's say it again. God always provides a way out. That's why we need to be rooted in Him. Because when you're rooted in Him, and you're focused on Him, you don't worry about anything else. Amen? Because you know God's got you covered. You got to stay rooted. You got to stand strong. Because if we're not rooted in Christ Jesus, we're not going to be able to stand for what's coming upon this earth. But when you're rooted in Him, no matter what comes on this earth, no matter what comes against you, no matter what calamities come against you, nothing is going to pull you off of that foundation in which you're rooted in, which is in Christ Jesus, that God has actually planted you on. In James chapter 15, verse 7, it says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. In today's world, we need to remain. We need to be steadfast. You know, I looked up the definition of remain. Listen to this. Continue to exist. To remain is to continue to exist. Especially after other similar or related people or things have ceased to exist. When I read that, I was like, wow, we need to exist. Even though we see people falling away from the faith, we need to exist. We need to stand strong. You see, the devil's out there like a prowling, roaring lion, looking for people to devour. And he looks for every opportunity to get your grounds shaken, to make the make your feet feel like they're quaking. 
to feel like you're on shaky ground, to feel like you're on sinking sand. What is that song? All the ground is sinking sand. All the ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. It is so true. But the devil wants to pull you down into that sinking sand. And it's not just sinking sand, it's like quicksand. You step one foot in, bam, you're in. The next thing you know, the more you struggle, the more you fight, bam, he tries to work you down even deeper so you can't even get out. And the only lifeline you got is for somebody to throw you a rope. And let me tell you, that rope is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is our salvation. He is our hope. He is our faith. All other ground is sinking sand. But the devil's out there. He's out there deceiving people. People are being deceived by other philosophies in the world about Christianity, about faith in Christ, about God, about creation. The devil is alive and he's out there causing mass destruction. He's pulling people down. When the Bible tells us to remain in him, that means to coexist in him, to continue to exist in Christ and to continue to have Christ exist in you. Amen? We see it happening. People are falling away. By the droves. And they don't even know it. And they think they're doing what's right. Because the devil's got them so deceived. It's sad. It's a shame. God tells us in James chapter 4 verse 7. It says... Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What does he say? Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. Don't submit yourselves to the devil. Don't submit yourselves to the world. Don't submit yourselves to other philosophies and other religions. But who to? God, you submit to God and Him only. You bow to God and Him only. Amen. When they put the Ark of the Covenant in the temple, when the Philistines took them, what happened? Their God fell down. Bam! In front of the Ark, they stood it up thinking it was a fluke. The next day they came in and bam, God was, their God fell down again in front of the Ark of the Covenant and was destroyed. And then they, got, then they got all kinds of plagues and boils on the Philistines. And then they told the Israelites, come and get this. Come and get your God. He's raving havoc all over us. I want him out of the nation. Submit to God and him only. In him Will you serve? Amen. In God alone. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And what will happen when you resist the devil? He'll flee. That means he will run from you. 
When you resist the devil, he will run from you. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Amen. 1 John 4, 4. He'll run. Get rooted in Christ Jesus. Stand your ground. Resist the devil and he'll flee. We're not just at wars physically, but we are at a spiritual war. And the attacks are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And they're coming more frequently. And our faith is going to be tested more and more. But I'm going to tell you this, church. Our God is stronger. Our God is stronger than any devil out there. Our God has more authority than any human authority ever created by man. Our God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher. Our God has already defeated the devil. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Jesus defeated the devil. He made a spectacle out of him. That means he humiliated him. And then he took the keys from hell and Hades. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father. The devil is a defeated foe. We have already have won the victory over him because of Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus overcame, we too are overcomers. Amen? There is no God like our God. There is no God higher. There is no other God above God. There is no God greater. There is no other God who created all of creation except God himself who spoke it into existence. Who knows every hair on your head. Who put every star in the sky. And who promised to be with you. Right to the very end. What kind of God is that? That's the kind of God we all should know. Who promised us that he would be with us right to the very end. That means right to the very last of your breath. He promised to be with you. He promises to you that he will never fail you or forsake you. When you stand on righteous side, he will stand right along with you. When the devil comes and you resist him, he'll stand right there next to you. He'll encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will be with you. In all things, God is for you. His will is not that you should perish, but that every one of us come to the knowledge of God. His will is not for you to be in sickness, but His will is for you to prosper and to be in health. Amen? Our God is for us. Let's say it. Our God is for us. God is for us. He'll never fail us or forsake us. And let me tell you this. When everything is gone, when everything is gone, when your money runs out and you have no place to live and you have no food to eat, you have something that you have 
that is greater than all of those things, than all of the gold, the silver, the precious jewels on this earth, the rubies, the diamonds. It's greater than that. And do you know what that is? When everything runs out, I'll tell you what it is. It's faith. You have something more precious than all the gold in the world. That's worth more than all the silver and gold and rubies and diamonds combined. And that is faith. You have faith. Faith that is more precious. Faith that never perishes. Never rots. Never falters. You stand strong in the faith, rooted in Christ Jesus. Then all these cares of the world, all the money, all the power, all the glory, none of it will matter. Because at the end of the day, they all just disappear. It doesn't matter how much money you have when you die. You are not going to take a dime of it with you to heaven. You are going to go to heaven naked just as you came into this world naked. And you will die with just as much money as you came into this world with. Absolutely none. Bill Gates and all of his billions and millions, trillions, whoever, all those George Soroses, all those billionaires and trillionaires, They're not going to have a dime of it when they go to heaven. It's not going to be there. <clears throat> Doesn't matter. It's all gone. But let me tell you something. Faith is eternal. Because Christ is eternal. So don't get tossed to and fro anymore with every wind of doctrine out there. Stop ceasing to exist. You exist because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Don't fall away. Hold on to what you have in Christ Jesus. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. At the end of the day, it's all that matters is your faith. Amen? Another definition of remain is to continue to continue to possess a particular quality or fulfill a particular role. To possess. To possess Christ is the greatest gift that we have. To, to say that we possess Christ Jesus, it's like the guy who went out and found a Oh, what was it? A treasure in a field. A great treasure. Pearl worth m much in value. Went and sold everything he had so he can go out and buy that field. To possess it. To possess Christ Jesus is all that matters. It's all that matters. Amen? A particular quality or fulfill a particular role. You know, we have a role to fulfill.
We have a role. You know what that role is? To remain in Christ Jesus, being rooted and built up in Him daily. And let me tell you what, that is a daily process. Continually being built up in Christ is a daily process. Continually dying to the flesh is a daily process. Amen? So let's resist the devil when he comes. And the word is true. He says he'll flee. Let's stay in Christ Jesus when calamity strikes. Let's not be tossed to and fro. Let's not worry. You know, let's not worry about it. Because God's got us covered. All we got to do is stay focused on him. And I tell you what, we'll be able to walk on water like Peter. We'll be able to do the greater things because our, our, our eyes are not on the world and on the world's ways, but they're on Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, before we leave here today, that, Lord God, that we would examine ourselves and examine our walk, that you would help us, Lord God, to remain in you, that no matter what comes upon this earth, no matter what comes in our lifetimes, that, Lord, that we are not going to depart from the faith. That we're going to make a proclamation, Lord God, to stand in the faith. To stay, to remain in you as you remain in us. And, Lord God, and when we do that, it says your word, you will be with us right to the very end. And I believe that, Lord God, it's your word, it's true. My wife said to me this morning, it's truth, truth. Well, the truth will set you free and you... And you cannot shake the truth, Lord God. And you cannot argue with the truth. And we believe it, and we know your word to be true. And we stand in it, faithfully, strong, steadfast, resisting the devil, Lord God. And I just pray this over each one of us here today, that you would strengthen each one of us to be able to stand, Lord God. Strengthen our faith, Lord God. And I just thank you for what you're doing Lord God, and how you're moving in our, in our finances and how you're moving, Lord God, in our family and what you're doing right here in this little bitty church, Lord God, and how you're healing mom, Lord God, Julie's mom, how you're healing her body, how you've healed my father, how you're continuing, Lord God, to be faithful to us. You are always faithful, Lord God. I just thank you, Lord, and I praise you. I, I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.